Need a recap of Sunday's readings? It's time for Homily Highlights on Mater Day Radio. Today's homily highlight from Father Mark Benz, pastor at St. Alice Catholic Church down in Springfield. We have to look at it and see how is, king, how is the kingdom of Satan dismantled? Jesus does three things, right? He first exposes Satan, then he silences him, and then he drives him out. Okay, each of those pieces are important. You'll notice what's really interesting is that this demon, right, was probably in this community for a while. And it just laid hidden. And all of a sudden, something changes and he comes to the surface. You know what that change is? Anointed preaching. Isn't that interesting? Jesus preaches and all of a sudden the demon pops his head out. And people are like, whoa, what's up with that dude, right? He might have been sitting in the congregation for years. And all of a sudden, he's manifesting a demon. They're like, where would that come from? What I want to tell you people is that this happens not just in the Jewish synagogue of old, but this is in every parish and in every family and in our lives. The enemy is operating a lot of times in the background, and we have to expose the works of darkness with the light of truth. And, and, and friends, it's, it's not pretty, right? Because, you know, sometimes I, I use the example, right? In my life, sometimes I'm just going along. I'm like, why is nothing working, right? Why is it just so hard? And then all of a sudden, God reveals something like, you need to confess that. And I'm like, oh. And then all of a sudden the cloud lifts. I want to sh- there's, there's a couple of stories that I've had of this experience where the word of God has exposed areas of darkness. Well, one of them was funnier, but, but it's okay. Like when I got here and I started preaching, some people ran away and you're like, ooh, what's that? Ooh, you know. But, but anyway, what happened was is that there was a lady who went to a retreat, right? And there's, during this retreat, we preached about the gospel and about the word of God. And I'll let her share her story. But what happened was is that all of a sudden she started to manifest and started to throw up. Right? And there was a manifestation of deliverance that started happening when she started repenting of her sins that had been holding her captive her whole life. And she's an amazing woman now, and she's very involved in the parish, and her life has been completely transformed because the word of God revealed the works of darkness. Right? But you see, what happens is, is that, that when the word of God is preached with authenticity and with anointing, the enemy's strongholds are revealed, and then there's a power struggle. And then we have a choice to make. Do we submit to the power of the Lord or do we resist him, right? And we see very clearly that he's speaking now and uh, he's trying to drive Jesus out. He's, it's direct opposition. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of Satan have now been revealed and now they're fighting. And they're, the enemy's trying to drive Jesus out. And how does he do that? He says, I know who you are. When you use someone's name, it means you have authority over them. So he's trying to get authority over Jesus. It's like an exorcism, trying to exercise Jesus. Can you imagine how stupid that is, right? He's a demon, you know. But the thing is, is that that's the thing. They're so invested in evil that they're just going to keep on trying even though it's pointless. And Jesus, with one word, says, quiet, get out. Now, what's interesting is, is that you notice the demon isn't telling something that's wrong. He's saying something true. Why does Jesus tell him to shut up? Isn't that interesting? He says, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Is Jesus the Holy One of God? Yes. Why does Jesus tell him to be quiet? This is why we have good scripture commentaries with people who are a lot smarter than I am. Okay, listen to this. This is from Euthymius, who said, Jesus taught us never to believe the demons, even when what they say is true. Listen, because they love falsehood and are most hostile to us, they never speak the truth except to deceive. Hmm. For liars that they are, they conceal and disguise their lies by a coloring of truth. They say certain things that are true at first, and afterwards interweave with them what is false, that those who have believed the first may believe also the last. 
Isn't that remarkable? Right? This is why a lot of people go to fortune tellers, and they go to a lot of crystal readers and other palm readers and other things, because they get something true out of them. They'll get a little bit of truth, but then they're enslaved to the occult. The enemy is willing to give little tidbits and crumbs to entice you along, be like, hey, you've been praying, you've been asking God for an answer, and he's quiet, I can, if you pay me some money, I'll get it to you. This happens in our Latino community a lot. They go to, they go to church, and they also go to brujas, because you actually get what you ask for when you go to a bruja. It's crazy, right? But that's what happens. I tell people, how do you know somebody's a witch or somebody is of God? If they make you pay for their prayers, they're a witch. Anybody convicted right now? If you ever paid for somebody to pray for you, they are a witch and a shaman, okay? Not of God, because St. Paul, he says, I give freely what I've received. I will never ask you. And in fact, when people give money, it's like, do not pay me to pray for you, okay? Right? The fact is, when you are paying for a mass, you are not paying me, right? You are making an offering to God, right? It is not a transactional relationship, okay? We want to be very clear about that, right? Because that's simony when you're selling God's grace. God's grace is free. If you can't afford a mass, we will offer one for you, okay? We have needs in the parish, but we expect in the offertory that you support them so that people who are poor, they can have access to the sacraments, right? Because it's not, it's not an issue of money, right? We recognize this. It's really important. But you see, he also says this. The demon in an unseasonable manner and too quickly disclosed that Christ was the Messiah. Isn't this interesting? He says the right thing, but at the wrong time. The right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. Isn't that interesting? That's really important for our spiritual wisdom. He says, this might have injured him and turned people away from him for so mighty a secret should be disclosed gradually and the people be persuaded of its truth by many miracles for otherwise they would not receive it and believe it. He's making a really big claim. I'm the son of God. I'm the word made flesh. And if you come on board and you just say that outright, people are going to be like, yeah, right. He has to demonstrate it over a long period of time, over a three-year ministry, by many miracles, who he is before people are ready to receive it. And even then, they're not ready to receive it, right, until the Holy Spirit comes. So we recognize the enemy, he has a bit of the truth, otherwise we wouldn't believe it, but it's also mixed with falsehood. So remember this, friends, when Satan is speaking to you, don't listen. There's a great story, uh, I don't know if it's true or not, but it's a Desert Father kind of story, where there are three monks and the devil appears to them and he says, if you could go back in time and make me undo one of my works, what would you have me change? And one of the monks said, you know, I would make it Satan so that you didn't tempt Adam and Eve, you know. And then another monk, he said, I would make it so that you didn't induce Judas to sin. And the other monk got on his knees and said, be gone, Satan! And he disappeared. And in that moment, he looked to his brothers and he said, do you realize what he was doing to us? He was getting us to focus. He was getting us to talk to him first, which you never talk to Satan. But secondly, he was getting us to live in the past instead of in the present and use the grace of God to drive out the enemy instead of worrying about what could have been differently. Do you see how many of us are doing the same thing? Oh, if only we could go back to this period of time. If only we could have this president. If only we could have this marriage. If only we could have this thing. You're in the life you have. And the grace of God is here for you to overcome every trial. Do not live in the past, brothers and sisters. The past is important so you know what happens so you don't repeat the errors of the past. 
But if you live in the past, you are missing the point that Jesus is alive and his mercies are new every morning. The book of Lamentations tells us this at every funeral when I read it. It always hits me. It says, the thought of my homeless poverty is like wormwood and gall. Remembering it over and over makes me downcast. But I will call this to mind as my reason for hope. The mercies of God are not exhausted. They are new every morning. So great is his faithfulness. 821 here at Mater Day Radio. Wow, I am invigorated <laughs> after listening to that. My goodness. Fired up. Now, if you want to hear what it was that Father Mark Benz was talking about, please go to our webpage, materdayradio.com. That homily by Father Mark Benz, St. Alice in Springfield, going to be made into a podcast. You can listen to it again there or on the Hail Mary media app.